Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. Hello and welcome to By the Mash Tun, a podcast by a couple of nerds where we brew some beer, drink some beer, and have a nice little chat about some beer. I'm Mike Harrison Wood. I'm Cal Noble. Hi, Cal. How are you doing? Uh, like hearing hearing that sentence because I hear that sentence quite a lot, Rob. Oh yeah, and it always makes me feel really warm and fuzzy because it's like, <laughs> oh, well, let's have a nice little chat about some beer. Oh. Aww. God, that makes me feel well, warm and fuzzy. If it helps, we have been chatting about beer already today. And we've it's been just, chatting about beer quite a lot. Now, now the microphones are recording, so... Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, warm and fuzzy is always good because yep. this time of year Ooh. is when we need to start being a little bit more warm and fuzzy. Uh, warmer uh, and fuzzier. Not... I think not yesterday, maybe the day before... Um, I got up to a uh, a knock on the door and it was a parcel with uh, two brand new knitted jumpers from my stepman. <laughs> That's lovely. You, <laughs> Man, can't, honestly, like, you can't talk more warm and fuzzy than you that. You really can It's just like, okay, I, I mean, obviously they, they're sent from Newcastle <laughs> where it is genuinely cold right now. Yeah, whereas here yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'll wear a woolly jumper, but as soon as I leave the house... And going to town, I'm like, it's a bit warm, actually. Bit warm, yeah. Put this in the bag. Yeah. Um, but it's been really nice having warm, woolly jumpers. Cozy. And it is. It's for cozy. a lot of people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, kind of, like, if you're from the South, this is warm, woolly jumper weather, isn't it? Yeah, it's nearly at that point where... The if clock's you, if almost you, going back. Clock's almost going back. If you have a fireplace, maybe you're eyeing it up. You're, maybe, yeah, yeah, you're, you're not getting your kindling out. ready yet, no. but you are eyeing it up. What are you up? thinking about yeah. cleaning it? Yeah. Mm, and, maybe. You, and then you want and you'll put a fire on. Yeah. But that's autumn. That That is autumn. And are we feeling autumnal? Uh, I mean, well, maybe not particularly today because it has been a bit warmer. But right. last couple of Within weeks, the yeah. Within the beer, we're brewing though are we feeling autumnal uh we'll see we'll see oh the today's beer oh my what is it i've really got myself into a a, a right pickle on a bit of a beer why well so why? so this this beer the beer that i'm doing today the beer that i uh and just to momentarily break the fourth wall i haven't mashed in yet <laughs> no the, so i mean what we have done is we have actually just brought the mash tun out and sat next to us. Yeah, it's empty. So we're at least sticking to the <laughs> rules of we are by the mash tun. Yeah. It's empty, yeah, yeah. but we're not breaking Yeah, the technically. Rules. But yeah, so what I'm making is a Merzen, or some uh, people pronounce it Marzen. Marzen, Merzen. Yeah. It's I, an A with an umlaut, so it yeah. should be Merzen. I'd say Merzen, but what is it? Uh, so it is a lager. That is right. anywhere from um, slightly darker than golden to like ambery copper in colour. Okay. Uh, lagered the the normal amount. Bottom fermentation. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, in a uh, you know the standard Munich style. The yeah. the weird thing about it and the reason why it's got its name, uh, Märzen is German for March or of March. Right. Uh, and then so the idea was that this was a beer that you would brew in March and then drink in autumn. Uh, right, such okay. as uh, and, and is famous uh, for being drunk in and around the Oktoberfest sort of celebration. Right, okay, so just... It, it could have the exact same ingredients. Mm-hmm. Everything could be exactly the same. But if you put that on in February or January, <laughs> you fucked it. It's too far. You fucked you d- it. You, you, that's, so, that's nearly a year old by that point. So, Mike, yeah, can you explain to me why you're brewing a March beer yeah. in October? Because uh, I'm doing a session one, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, again, I'm again. taking my own. I'm taking my own approach here. Cool. I again, <laughs> one of the great things about home brewing, you do what you want. Yeah, I I wanted to brew one because I really wanted one, not yeah. because I have and, great foresight. And well, I think 
the the great thing about styles of beer is because Mertzen is now a style of beer. Yeah. It doesn't have to be brewed at the no. time. I guess no. It's I, like you could brew a winter warmer whenever you want. Yeah, and it would still be a winter warmer, even if you're not drinking it in winter. Yeah, I, I don't. It's, it's just the fact. It's it translates. It's a March yeah. beer, and the idea well, is you you brew it in March. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, it's famously not March. It's going to be delicious. It's don't October, worry. by the way, in case anybody listening to this in the future goes. Yeah. Oh, I am listening to this in March, though. For us, it's October. The perfect time to listen to this episode, March. March, yes. Um, yes, listen to it in March for the <laughs> brewing parts, but not the <laughs> drinking parts. Listen to the drinking parts now. Now. Yeah. Not now, but future now. Yeah. A year from now. Okay. Do do both. Just <laughs> listen to this episode on repeat every six months. Give us an idea of what's happening. Yeah. What? So, uh, the... Characteristics of a Metzen. Um, there, yeah. There's a little. There's subcategories and all all of this stuff. Like there's a Vienna Metzen, which is probably closer to what I'm doing, but I only found out about it after I've already written a recipe. So right. don't worry. Um, but yeah, normally Metzens are um, yeah amber, coppery coloured uh, lagers that are quite strong. They are malty. Yeah. Uh, but they are not caramel, and they're not like okay. biscuity. They're more like crisp. They are um, more like you know they use heavily uh, Munich malt in them yep. and you want to be able to taste the Munich malt yep. so you're not putting in crystal malts or not a huge amount anyway um, and the idea also is that it's not very sweet at all so you're mashing in if you're okay. doing a single mash you're mashing in really low you're trying to just ferment out as much as you can uh, which also helps getting them strong yep. at the same time yeah, yeah. So, you, you, so what gives you, it the the darker color? So you do use some. Uh, well, uh, Munich malt is a little bit a touch darker than um, some other things. If you yeah, did yeah. A, like a smash beer with uh, Munich malt, it would appear amber anyway. Right. Okay. Um, light amber, maybe, but you. It's it's normally a good idea to put some Pilsner malt in as well. Uh, yeah. I've I've supplemented the both of them. So I've done about uh, two-thirds Munich to one-third Pilsner. Yeah. About. Um, and then I've supplemented with some Cara Munich. So trying to keep the um, the Munich train yeah, rolling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but you've ended up on the slightly darker side of the Munich. Yeah. So it's it's like it's 1%. It's like it's like 1% or 2%. It's, it's virtually nothing. But it's just to give it that extra bit of colour. Yeah. It's, I'm, not, I'm not doing it for like huge flavor bomb or anything okay. the munich malt is still going to be the star that's going to be the the thing that i want to emphasize and and, and bring that out uh but yeah munich malt's a little bit uh weird in that it's it's not very enzymatically active or or efficient or whatever the terminology is so my, enzymatically active i i, I, I might I, have got the terminology I, wrong. I, well no no like whether you got it right or wrong i can't think of a more scientific word mm. you've ever said it's uh so the, the or sentence at least one of the main processes when you mash in is that the enzymes that are already in the malt yeah work on the starch and convert it into sugar yes at, yeah, at yeah. various and, and different enzymes activate i don't different... think we've ever put it that way though no probably enzymatically not. active no makes it sound like we know what we're talking about i mean i i'm i'm getting increasingly worried that i've used the wrong, wrong word there and active <laughs> is just completely not the right word so if you happen to know what the correct word is that <laughs> i should have used enzymatic please potential get in touch with us en- on twitter at by the mastodon I'm sure, I'm sure there's someone out there who knows what we should be talking about. Yeah. Uh, I should I should know what, what we're talking about. But You work in a brewery. I know. Uh, and so Munich is not as uh, highly enzymatic as some of the other malts out there. So Pilsner malt's really good for that. Right. Um, but it, it's one of the reasons there are some grains that you, you cannot do 100% mashes with because they don't have... Yes. Yeah, yeah. They don't have the enzyme. So, yeah. uh, like... As an as an example, any of that are like black malt or uh, you know roast barley that type yeah. of thing. Something that's, the, that's the, charred to shit. Those enzymes so, have denatured to yeah. the point of yeah yeah yeah. You can't. They, they, they're not usable anymore because you require them. 
yeah, for yeah. efficient mashing. And so even if you had, even if they had lots of sugar in them, which they wouldn't because they've been burnt anyway, yeah. they also don't have any enzymes, so it would just yeah. stay as it's, a starchy it's, soup. It's the reason why you have your roast malts at a much lower percentage than your pale malts. Yeah, yeah. And you would never do a hundred percent roast malt. Oh god, can you imagine like a hundred percent like roast barley? Yeah, acrid. Yeah, I, I wonder. Just, I wonder how little other malt you would need in order to get the enzymatic activity. Uh, in order to get, yeah, uh, it would be horrible. Don't do it. It'd be. I mean, no, do it. Give right. it a go. If you fancy it. <laughs> Give it a bash. Let us know because I don't want to try it. Mike doesn't want to try it. No. If somebody's willing to try it, do it. I want to know what happens. Okay. Genuinely interested. I'm sure some people have, but not me. Genuinely interested in what happens. Um, so apart from that, the hopping bill is really, really simple. You want super low IBUs because you want the dryness and the crispness of the beer to be yeah. intrinsic to it rather than a hop addition. So I think like um, doing like 16, 17 IBUs, like it's it's really low. Right. Especially because the beer itself is a session version of a Metzen. So okay. it's that sweetness that it gets from the alcohol is not going to be anywhere near as present. So a lower IBU, yeah, yeah. I, I figure, is is absolutely fine it's within the realms of normal for medicine it's just i might have otherwise been tempted for, for like yeah, yeah yeah uh and then for aroma again uh so sort of like a hellas like you're not you, you don't want the hop aroma to be almost detectable like you want it to be there <laughs> right. just a bit just a bit yeah yeah just a it's it, it's there as a slight offset yeah uh okay. whereas the, the definitely the malt and the lagering process is the star of the show yeah um but yeah really really clean fermenting uh i have got some um medicine yeast as well so right, okay uh yeah from from the maltmiller.co.uk as well so, so what- where you can find the recipe you can find the recipe at montmiller.co.uk and all, like all of our recipes dating back all the way to, I believe, episode 20. Yeah, so nearly 30 recipes up there, hopefully. That, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's a lot. So like, if, if you are interested in this recipe, um, by all means, go to the montmiller.co.uk, have a little look at it. And mm-hmm. see, I'm interested in... A Merton yeast specifically? Who who is it that does the Merton? Uh, yeast? I think it was Y yeast. I found uh, a mega yeast do one as well. Right. So, okay. um, but it, because a lot of people lump Metzen and Oktoberfest beer together because they yeah. are technically the same thing. Although I think a lot of the traditional German breweries that make Oktoberfest beer, it tends to be lighter in color these days. So right, okay. the, the Palana one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Palana Oktoberfest. Oh, it's, it's literally called Oktoberfest. Is a pale lager. It's just 6%. Right. But there's the tradition in America that you do an Oktoberfest beer and it is still amber. It's still like, yeah, yeah, it's still got yeah. that copper edge to it. So so there is specific Mertz and yeasts out there. Yeah, I, I think it's just a Munich yeast, I presume right okay i i don't i didn't do too much research said, no, sorry no, no like it, it, it's just interesting because I, like, I haven't i haven't really looked at this style a lot before it's it, it's not really a style i've come across no. and i spent a long time today trying to come across that style yeah 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 we'll I, get we'll get into that later i failed <laughs> i uh yeah i i only really know about it because of a Oktoberfest beers, yes. um, but also finding out that uh, Rauchbier is actually a subcategory of Märzen, and and that it's right, so okay. that that sort of because we've already done a Rauchbier, yes. So technically, yeah, yeah. we've already done a Märzen. But sort of. <laughs> we're looking at the larger umbrella, yeah, yeah, yeah version yeah. of the that subcategory. That yeah, we've yeah. Already it's done. an amber lager from the Munich region. That's right, uh, okay. you know, d- designed to be brewed and then stored underground over summer. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, no, no, no. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't mention as well. Uh, um, I, I uh, so me and my wife did go to Berlin, not yeah. to Munich, unfortunately, uh, and drank a Metzen in a German courtyard. But uh, a friend of mine who we met there because he lived in Berlin at the time, he was telling us that the tradition there was that you would do a uh, a sort of a wooden cask of Metzen and bury it under an oak. Or something like you you would you'd find like some some of the weird roots that come up and nearly yeah, yeah. Uh, nearly up and over and then you bury the cask under the oak 
and then then it's cold enough even during summer because it's underground yeah, it's literally yeah. underground that it won't spoil and then in october time you dig it up and then that's you celebrate you, you tap it and drink it see that that's interesting that, that, that there's this history of like kind of burying it so it's cold and it doesn't spoil whereas obviously like a, a lot of the sort of like british tradition was cram it full of hops and it won't spoil <laughs> yeah kick it down the stairs in your cellar yeah drink it fast yeah, uh, yeah. Like, it, it's just interesting that like we have these different things i mean they were all they were all intended to do very similar things which is just to stop bacteria growth yeah, essentially yeah um, you would have had less control just, over that type of thing back it's then. just interesting to to see the different ways that all that the the different people who were brewing beer in all the different ways were finding to deal with the problem of bacteria growth, mm. all just to make fantastic beer. And the great <laughs> thing is, is that it has made fantastic beer, and it's also given us a a great range of beers to mm. to play with. Yeah, because you end up with all this like highly hopped or barrel aged mm. or like you know hidden in a cave kept cold <laughs> for a million years or you know yeah whatever like you get all these different things so and then we've ended up with really cool beer because of yeah, it. it's brilliant. Yeah. uh one of the traditional things with this beer and and a few other german styles that i will be trying for one time only one time only right uh, because it seems like it's going to be a blimmin hassle <laughs> Is right. I am actually going to be doing a triple decoction mash. See, I've I've never done this. I'd be interested to hear whether many of our listeners have ever done this, but I know of it. And it sounds like a ball ache. It's yeah. yeah. Right. I, I, what I should have done is tried it first and then done the recording, so nah, I could be like, nah, nah, it was nah, terrible. Nah, 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 it was terrible. Oh my god, I'm never said, doing it you, again. You've said you're going to do it. I'm going to do it. Give us a rundown. What is I'm going to do it. So with a, well, the the easiest form of mashing that I have done 90% of the beers at home, I've done this method, is you pick a temperature and using a little calculator, you put in water that's slightly warmer and then the mash is slightly colder, but then it goes to that temperature yeah. and then you hold it at that temperature yeah. for an yeah. hour. You have your strike temperature, yeah. you have your grain temp, and then you have your mash temp. Between the three, you work out what your mash temp's going to be, yeah. and you go for it. And and that is absolutely fine for homebrew, like that, perfect, because it's it's very little hassle. Once you've mashed in, shut the lid, walk away, go down and just that's do how, something else. That is fine. fine. It, in my experience, that's how most breweries just do it. Yeah, yeah, there's there's <laughs> plenty. Go, um, that's what you're doing. Uh, some other breweries do will do, and, and some homebrewers will do step mashing as yeah. well. So there are several different points where it's useful for the mash to be that temperature. Yeah. So there are things such as the acid rest. Yeah. Which is so that you can stabilize the pH and get the pH exactly where you want. There's the protein rest, which helps certain proteins form and yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, there's also that, that enzyme range. Yeah. Uh, there's actually two uh, ranges that you, you are specifically looking for. So you've got the beta amylase and the alpha amylase. And you, with the, with the single infusion you're just aiming to hit a temperature that is somewhere between those two which which will do ranges the a vague best yeah, of yeah, yeah, the yeah. both if you're closer to the beta amylase you're going to get more beta amylase yeah. activity than alpha for example yeah. but with step mashing the idea is that you hit every single step and stay at that temperature yeah. for a certain amount of time so rather than the variable being that you are closer to a temperature it's that it's at that temperature for longer or shorter. Yeah. Because if you're only in that, uh, if you're only in one of those states for five minutes, then it's going to have less effect than if it's uh, half an hour, for yeah, example. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the idea is you go through all of them from colder all the way up to hotter, because as you get hotter, those enzymes are then going to denature anyway yeah. and, and be killed off and, and stop working. And then by the time you get to that top temperature, you're ready to uh, just basically send it to the kettle and start boiling it. Yeah. Hooray. Decoction is like that, but worse. Uh, in the <laughs> <laughs> Like that, but the, like that wasn't 
bloody complicated yeah. love you're going for that but worse that's the the, the theory behind it is that's so, the easy one yeah you you mash in at your acid wrench acid rest temperature yeah for example then you scoop out some of your mash water solids all of it a certain percent you stick that on the hob and you boil it for 10-15 minutes <laughs> and then you pour it back in and that change in temperature will should be exactly the same amount of temperature difference in order to raise it to the next step. Right. So if so you're looking why to do go, you boil it? Uh, so you're you're boiling it for a couple of reasons. That well, the main reason is so that it was a more precise way of getting that temperature step. So right. r- rather than because most breweries will heat the mash tun or someone will have a flame under it or something like that whereas they didn't used to do that they had the copper yeah yeah it used to be you used to have to take something out take something out boil it and then shove it back in yeah mix it through yeah uh the idea is as well that you do temperature rests as you're bringing it to the boil as well so you don't just boil it you get it to like 70 degrees Leave it for five and then bring it to the bottom. Like it's this, this, this How big did they complicated do that, thing. Because they have thermometers. Well, they were just guessing, weren't they? <laughs> but it's, it's more precise than other methods. But they were just guessing. They were, it. they were just guessing. But uh, there are calculators out there to know exactly how much volume to take out of your mash. It, so that when yeah, it's yeah. at boiling temperature and you pour it back in to, to it, bring it up it, to yeah, the it, next, it'll, it'll rise. Yeah. Providing you've kept the existing thing at the correct temperature. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Beersmith has that as well. Uh, if if so, if you're if you're someone who uses Beersmith to yeah, calculate yeah. things, Beersmith has a triple decoction calculator. But still, into it. what's the point? Uh, yeah. So as I say, temperature rise is good. Okay. Um, I think there's a there's an argument that it also introduces a, a very slight caramelization. Are you doing it for a reason? It's a traditional thing, uh, and I thought that I would do it once, just to say I've done it, and yeah, no, to say that I, never again. Yeah, yeah. To me, it seems Fair like enough. a fantastic way of making your mash take four hours, <laughs> which, I mean. That's fine. I've made my it's... mash take four hours before, but that's because I didn't overnight mash. Yeah, you've done it overnight. That was 12 hours, isn't it? Exactly, like, yeah. yeah. I, I made it take more than four, four times, three times four. <laughs> yeah, so four hours, walk in the Words. park. Walk in the park. Uh, it, it just means I'm going to have to keep going into the kitchen and, and doing stuff. But... Have you got a full day off? Uh, yeah, I'll be doing it on, on one of my full days off. Yeah, good. You'll so, need it. Yeah, I'm going to need it, man. Anyway, so that's that's decoction mashing. I'm sure there's. I'm sure I'm forgetting one of the reasons behind it. But Has it's, anybody it's ever given it a go? That's what I want to know. Oh, like, I mean, the Germans did it for centuries. No, so. but any of our <laughs> listeners given it oh, a right, go? Oh right, okay. Or any of our listeners, the Germans who've yeah. given it a go? I'd, I'd I'd just like to know if anybody's actually given this a go. Uh, I'm sure, like Mike's going to be trying it very very soon. But it'd be interesting to see if anybody's given it a go beforehand. If you have. Give us a shout at By The Mash Tone on Twitter or everywhere else on the social bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I really want to know because <laughs> why? Yeah, I, I've... Don't hurt yourself. Chatting with a couple of people at work, there is one uh, person. Who does mi- it every day. Uh, no, Mr. Jack Skerritt, who is sort of a, an expert when it comes to German-style German beers. For some reason, right, he just he, he loves them. He loves them. Uh, but he's done a single decoction mash before, and he said that that was really time-consuming and annoying. Right. And this guy loves German beers, so <laughs> I think I'm really, I'm really deep ending it here. This is yeah, no, I, you're really selling it to me. <laughs> Should we do some beer ye beer? Yeah, beer ye beer ye. It's time for the beer news, beer news, beer, beer news. Yeah. Um, so this week it's a bit of a sort of like good news, bad news sort of sitch. Uh, I'm going to yeah. do the good news um, because I never do the news. I'm always going to be the good one. Um, our local bottle shop, uh, the Grumpy Goat. I'm fairly certain I'm allowed to break this news now. I mean, I've known about it for quite a while and I've been really holding my tongue back. Uh, <laughs> but they've got some new premises. Uh, so they're moving from the Harris Arcade at some point soon. Uh, like I, I feel, I feel comfortable kind of 
saying this because they put a bit out on Twitter that they that they, they gain new premises. Um, and yeah, I think the idea is that they are moving from where they are now into somewhere close to town. Um, and I think it's an acceptable place because uh, they that that street is now missing their fish shop and their butchers. So there's nothing kind of smelling the place up. And some of those cheeses that they sell are absolutely mm, primo. Mm. And they and they will they'll, they'll make a good addition to Smelly Alley, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um that is it's Reading's finest, stinkiest alley. Exactly. Uh so they're gonna be relocating there at some point very soon. Uh but they are still open now for all of your good bottle shop needs. But they're just getting bigger and better. Yeah. Bigger and yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, and hopefully there will be a lot more going on there, uh, a bigger range, hopefully. And during their opening week, I'm kind of we're like we're in talks that hopefully we're going to be able to go down and do a opening night um, sort of interview. Yeah, that'd be so lovely. That'd there be will lovely. be a, an episode where we go down at least during the opening week to mm. sit and have a chat with them about everything that's going on at the Grumpy Goat. Yeah. That's that's my beer you. Yeah, that's the good news. That's really exciting news. There's, uh, for the bad news. For for beer shops in the south like the the, the Grumpy Goat's the best. There you it, go. I've said it. it. Is. I, I, I yeah. yeah. Like 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 within the Reading area they are like they are my go-to place. Yeah. I mean there's yeah. there's amazing places outside of sort of like the RG1, RG2 area um, that are pushing out fantastic beers. But for your Reading sort of town centre, that that move for Grumpy God's going to be a big one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the bad news, it's not even really specific news. It's just its just the uh, the tier system's rubbish, isn't it? It's and, bollocks, And mate. loads of loads of places are continuing to get really hammered by this and, and, uh, and hurt. Uh, why uh, a place close to close to my heart? Wylam Brewery. Yeah, their tap room. Oh, closed they down. closed that. Oh, like God. they've 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 shut it uncertain for an uncertain amount of time, basically until it becomes viable for them to yeah. be open. Now, I think that they put a really good tweet actually where you could click on something. And it took you to a link on their website uh, where it basically just gave you a breakdown. Um, of their monthly losses throughout yeah. lockdown, and basically just going, okay, well, this is the point that this this bit came in. This is the point. This bit, and it got down to like their monthly takings within the tap room, down to like eighty, ninety percent losses. Jeebus. And you look at it, you just like, you know, yeah, it's all, not viable. It's all, not viable. The, all they're trying to do is make sure that people have jobs. I mean, obviously, they're, they're trying to sell their product. Mm. But one of their big concerns as an employer is making sure that people have jobs which keep them going. Yeah. And the furlough system is good, but it doesn't protect the hospitality industry. No. No, there's a lot of a lot of it industries are getting love, and hospitality is not one of them. No, so. well, they're getting actively penalised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For no, that the science does not back it up. Actively no. penalised, and the science does not back it. Right. What's all that about? I think it's time we had a drink. Well, on that news, yes. <laughs> what have we got here, Cal? I don't know. Um, I think it's. Walker, we we should we should start this preamble by uh, describing Walker. No, like, describing your journey today. We should, but I, but I really want to get this right. So Walker, but I think the issue Varka. here is, well, Varka, yeah, Varka makes more sense. I'm from Newcastle, and I say <laughs> Walker, but I don't mean Walker as in the place in Newcastle, Walker. Yeah, which is um, as if you were to walk to somewhere. Someone who walks. Yeah, this is W A R K A. Varka. Varka. Um, it is a Polish beer, yeah. and it does well. I mean, at least Walker does explain exactly what I did today. 
<laughs> Spent four yeah. hours walking around Reading looking for Mertzens. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to do, man. It's not it's not a very common style. I would have thought this time of year you'd see some Oktoberfest beers, but um no. Not. The thing is is like other other than the grumpy goat, yeah. For your sort of like bottle shops within walking distance, you're talking your big supermarkets. Your big supermarkets, they tend to do their world lager section mm. tends to be Heineken, Stella, this yeah. sort of chubby. maybe maybe Peroni, yeah, beer you might, you, yeah, yeah, you might get those things. Paulana, maybe, but you're getting your Munich Hellas yeah. is what you're getting. You're not, they're not doing the seasonal version. Like if I'd sound, if I'd seen Paulana Oktoberfest, brilliant. Yeah. So what I did is I was like, ah, I know how I get this. I got all your Polish supermarkets and delis, and I, I'll get those good Eastern European like shops yeah the amber lagers there so that's what i did yeah and i ended up with walker but, walker strong yeah. a few other amber lagers that might be interesting to try one day yeah but like i mean like this one uh so it's an original recipe it's bright from pilsen and dark roasted 6.5 percent produced in poland only oh uh, and the combined species of barley so you know, I'm. It's, I'm just, it, I don't really know much about this. It's it's an interest. It's an interesting aroma. I'll give it that. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm expecting big things, man. Mm. How are you feeling? Judging by the smell, uh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> fine. Yeah. Is it's Mertzen? Is it Mertz? No, not that I would recognise it as. Uh, Amber Lager. It is, but it's not got that toastiness ah the, right okay the, so the munich lager yeah warm fuzzies you know the it's, the, it, the it's, malt fuzzies sorry it's missing the malt fuzzies so you think that this is maybe more because the back of it i don't speak polish no like because the back of it's incredibly difficult for me to read it's hard to say kind of what's in it or whether or not they do what a lot of other breweries do, where they give a little story. Right, yeah, yeah there is always that little bit, I, uh, like, I that little bit of chat. I don't know. they do For me, the biggest clue is that they do say, uh, bright from Pilsen, which I presume they mean like l- pale malts from yeah. Pilsen and dark roasted, as they say. Yeah. So this is, this is going to be a sort of, you know, 95% Pilsner malt, 5% dark roast malt something like that not maybe not those percentages it's caramelly on the mouth though it's a little bit although that is one of the one of the the strict rules oh. of medicine oh is it cannot be caramel it's not supposed to be caramel right see it's not supposed to be. right okay so so this is the complete opposite of what we wanted um god if only i hadn't <laughs> spent four hours bastard looking for uh, things yeah they're not supposed this to be caramel a, this is the complete opposite of what we wanted i mean it's still drinkable i yeah no, I mean, like it is nice enough and what was really fun was i ended up in a lot of places looking for beer that i would never think to look to beer, and now all of a sudden where i'm like okay well we're doing this style of beer mm. i know where i'm going like, yeah, I found Schwarzbiers, yeah, which I'd never heard of. Polish black lagers, yeah, or, yeah, nice. I was just like, sorry, hello. Like, <laughs> I, I, I yeah. really had yeah, to restrain yeah. myself from just going, I'll have one of them, 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 because I'd never heard of them yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they they have a reputation for doing those, you know, six percent lagers, don't they? They're the just easy, easy drinking. They drink like they're four percent, but they're six. Yeah. That's that's and the thing is, is that's like, the niche that they've uh, like. This is six and a half percent. Yeah, doesn't taste like it. That's that, and it's it is sweet. It says strong on it. It does say strong. It do, it does, and they're not wrong. They're not wrong. Um, and the thing is, like, it is amber, and it, but it is sweet, and it is caramelly, mm. and it's very nice. It's also a good beer for autumn. 
So I'll and give it that. Al- also a very good beer for like Takes that box. Not gonna lie, we have struggled to find some Mertens for this Merton episode. Yeah. Um so, you know, our beer tasting is gonna be just a my my actual adventure today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more of a story tasting session rather than a themed the, the, than session. actual here's some yeah. things that we've tasted. Um I imagine people have tasted Mertens. Give us a shout. Yeah, if you've had like, if you've had Oktoberfest beer. Give yeah. us a breakdown of what Mertzen tastes like. Like, 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 let's get at least three, three replies to the tweet that we put out of Mertzens from different people trying different Mertzens. Just give us a breakdown of what a Mertzen tastes like, so at least we have something <laughs> for this episode, rather yeah. than Mike hasn't brewed it yet and we haven't found it yet. Yeah, that'd be good. I th- maybe this whole episode just needs a sequel. In March, Mer- we could do it in March. Mertzen two. Yeah, this the time. Reckoning. This time it's March. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. sod it. All right, that's March. <laughs> we're do- we're- right, this is the prequel. We'll do Mertzen one. Yeah. In March, this is the prequel. Oh, um, this is like Mertzen zero. Yeah, this exactly. Is, right. yeah. yeah. If if you've tried some Mertens. Give us a shout. Let us know the ones that you've tried. So when we actually come out and doing the real episode, Merton 1, uh, we know what we're looking for. Exactly. Should we have not, another beer? Not Walker. Yes. Yeah, not, yeah, not Va- <laughs> Va- Walker. Walker. Okay. Let's have another beer. Okay. Chapter 2. Disco Fluff, The Little Dragon. Right, well, we're going to hear the mic. We've got two beers. <laughs> Yeah, your story continues. My story continues. So I was walking around town uh, for for a very long time. Uh, I managed to pick a walk, pick up a walking around beer um, from the Grumpy Goat. As I managed to pick up certain beers, not for this episode, but just beers I wanted um, on my big adventure. Um, I ended up at the Nags Head, um, a where pub we've mentioned many times. Which we have, mentioned, we have mentioned many times. And they happened to have an Imperial Stout on, which I was really looking forward to, which was the Wastelands from Elusive. Yep. Um, and while we were there, a bunch of people turned up from various different breweries, which I was really happy to see. Yeah. So we ended up with a couple of different beers, and as we've really struggled to find Mertzen beers, we just thought we'd review these. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were they're, they're nice people. They gave us free beer. So they did. We're just gonna we're just gonna drink them. Yeah, so so I think we're going to start with uh The Little Dragon yep. by Eight Arch, which is a Kolsch style ale at four point five percent. And I, I'm I'm just going to open it because you know. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. So uh, there is a we did manage to pick two that had a bit of a theme in that they are German sort of lagers. A Kolsch technically isn't a lager, I know that, but it is a lager, isn't it? Really, if you think about it. It's a lager style. Yeah, it's a lager style. Lager style. lager style. So what 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 do you think of the can? Um, I mean the thing is that I've always really liked eight eight arched um branding. Because it it is just it's so simple. Like they don't they don't fluff it up with too much. And sometimes I I like that, but mm. if it's done if it's done wrong, it just looks terrible. And like you know, it's absolutely fantastic. It's just double coloured. You've got their classic symbol, which is just the arch with a hop in it, and then couple of wiggly lines for some water nice you know like it just works really well and then you've got some really easy to read text yeah which if you made that into a pump clip suddenly becomes really easy to read yeah which, yeah, yeah as a barman that's that's useful makes a that is useful. hell of a difference all right i'm fairly certain i've had this before but yeah it does seem familiar we, we might have had it on cask maybe even yeah so like like Tonight we like we, we we met up with uh, one of the guys from AR2. We met during uh, our episode that we did for Craft Theory back in two thousand 
19 because it didn't happen this year unfortunately no no um and yeah so like metal with steve and yeah like it was it was a really good it was a really good catch-up with them and yeah he gave us a can of this to try so, so yeah i better stick my nose in yeah, it do it have it have a smell it's obviously not going to be a mertzen no no is it kolshi it's Actually, kind of expressive. Um, that uh, it's one of the things that some people look for in their colches is because it is an ale that has been lagered rather than a lager. Uh, the, the expectation is that there's just a, a, a touch more of that like fruity estery, yeah, yeah, yeast character to it, and I think that does actually present quite strongly. Not not like overwhelmingly strong, but no, I, I'm but, definitely picking it up there. Yeah, like it, like it, like it is, it is definitely there, and like because I mean, like. The colour of it is, I mean, it's classic, classic Kolsch. Yeah, yeah, it looks, it, it's right. it's very, very uh, pale, uh, very good, solid head on it. Like, it, yeah. yeah, it's got that effervescence that and you expect. Bright white. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sink some. Get, get yourself in there. Like, like this, this is a brewery that I trust to do to do what they're doing really well that is quite different to what i was expecting really yeah there's there's a big big suite at at the front but it doesn't last long at all like less than a second and then it's just quite dry uh the the esters linger uh very very pleasantly and it leaves you thirsty for more like it, it that that's, that's kind of what you want from the Kolsch is, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, I could imagine that being in a very tall, very thin glass, and accidentally drinking like thirty of them. <laughs> but it's it's that type of that, bit. That's like that is a Kolsch bar. Like yeah, yeah. Like you go to a Kolsch bar, that's what's happening. Like you've got tall, thin, ice cold beer, mm. and. It's not a point, so you don't feel like you've got to be chugging it. But because it comes in that the smaller glasses, you're there just kind of yeah, yeah, just just tucking them just away like one of those little birds drinking. Yeah, out of the pot. and you don't yeah. realise until you walk out the door and you realise you've probably sank about eight points. Mm. On on further sips, I've realised some of the some of the flavours I thought were esters. There are esters there, but are definitely hop character coming through as well. Yeah, which is which is um, interesting. Like I I. I know that hop character isn't traditional for Kolsch, like no, at least no. not a strong, not a strong hit, um, but it is very pleasant and I enjoy it. So, thumbs up. Yeah, no, it, it it is a very very good example of the style. And I I think when we did our episode on Kolsch's, I don't think we had this as no an example. No, and I remember we had trouble finding them as well. Yeah. for that, uh, I we did get the the big one that's fru isn't it the, yes, that's the yeah, that's the yeah. big yeah I've, 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 like, I've actually still got the bottle in yeah. there which is full of a different beer at the moment <laughs> that's um, homebrew yeah uh but no it, like, it, it's a shame we couldn't get this because i think this is a really good example of a kolsch style mm. um and absolutely fantastic like like really really good so no i, th- I think it's worth Moving on to the next. Yes. Yeah. Cheers, Steve. I only bumped into you recent, uh, very briefly, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was nice to meet today. you. Next, next beer, uh, which is, I'm going to grab it. It is uh, Steamtown Disco Fluff. Oh. So Disco Disco Fluff. Yeah, absolutely fantastic name. The the can art in this one is a lot more. Um, I'm going to say eccentric. But it it fits in with it, it fits in with Steamtown's kind of standards um, sort of artwork. You've you've got a lot of machinery with faces. Mm. I think is the the, Which is the best way That's to good. do it. Uh, it is a four point eight percent Hellas, and mm. yeah, it's. I'm I'm just gonna open it. Yeah, I don't I don't mind a Hellas. I know they aren't as popular as Pilsners. Uh, especially over summer and that sort of thing, because they they don't have that sort of uh, crisp poppy finish. They are more sweet and malty. But I, you know, I like malt. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing a, a medicine is because I like malt. I like the taste of it. I like beers that taste like it. I also like beers that don't taste like it. But uh, I, I'm I'm keen to get into that space, you know. And uh, it is 
It is very pale, but it is very hazy. Um, it was shaken up in the car, I assume. But uh, yeah, so like they say here that it is. Uh, it's it should be slightly sweeter than your classic pills, um, mm. with a more rounded malt base, and uh, they have hopped it with the classic hops of Noble Sars and Hanatel Blank. Uh, okay. Ideally, to give it a clean floral, lemon, and spice with light bitterness. Okay. The Halatau Blanc's a little curveball, but I like it. I like the yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, so that's standard. Yeah. It it's just nice that they've that they've put the put the hops mm. in there to go. Okay, like thi- like this is how we're doing it. Yeah. Uh, aroma. I uh, I think um, I I thought I picked it up at first. Just a hint with the Kolsch. Um, but it is a bit more aromatic here. Is is a, is a hint of sulphur, yes. And that is not something to be afraid of in a lager. It is, especially if you're doing sort of German styles. A touch of sulphur is not. It's no. not. It's not out of character. No. Uh, it does quickly dissipate, and you can you can get rid of it. But um, a touch can actually boost certain flavors. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah and, definitely. And yeah, it's and the. The warmer you serve it, the more accentuated that yeah, yeah. that smell becomes, or that or that character becomes. Yeah, and, like, but it, the quicker it will dissipate as well because yes. it, it, it yeah, evaporates yeah. out of the beer. So given time, it will just go. It's just if if a beer is fermented and then left in a tank without that means of venting the sulfur out of it, then it, that sulfur will stay in, in the, the beer. beer yeah. yeah, and again, that's not. It's not bad unless it's excessive, and then it's bad. Uh, that beer, like, it hangs around a lot more, but that's what you expect from a Hellas. You expect a Hellas to be much more on the palate. That is sweet, yeah. Than the Colshire is. Mm. Like, you expect it to hang around a lot more. Yeah, um, especially after having. It's straight after a Kolsch. Yes. It's tasting more, uh, more it's like specifically cereal and yeah. and worthy for want of a better word. Yeah, yeah. Like like if there was a different strain of yeast in it, it would chomp down a little bit more. But it does have the, it's got the bitterness to kind of balance that out. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, it's like, much less. Yeah, but. so like, like the Kolsch doesn't, the Kolsch doesn't kind of hold that bitterness for long enough but because it's because it's got a really clean malt palette mm. it doesn't need it whereas the hellas this because it's got the sweeter side of it mm. the malt bitterness really it expands out to kind of combat that yeah so it, it, it just makes it, the whole it, thing feel really big and really and a lot longer like yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it just holds in the mouth a lot longer so you know like a couple of sips of that and you're there going okay i'll, I'll sit and think about this for you know a couple of minutes whereas mm. the culture you're like yep that was good next like <laughs> fucking let's keep this, chugging this, this whole bottle day. has been amazing like, but that's the point of a culture like cultures yeah, are yeah, yeah. there to be drank ice colds and the idea is that you just get them down you whereas as we start moving towards the darker beers mm. which is where the style of beer that you're brewing will end up you want them to last a bit longer because yeah you know it's not designed to just be crisp and refreshing yeah, and forget and, about it it's supposed to be tasty and because the environment you're drinking it in yeah isn't that type of environment you know mm. like in the summertime you want something called carbonated let's just let's just keep chugging it down mm. because that's the summertime in the winter you want something that's a little bit more thought about because chances are you finished work earlier yeah so you've got longer sat in the pub drinking <laughs> and consider that still point got of view work yeah, the next day, yeah, yeah so you want something to think about yeah You'd, but like, sunrise like, isn't until eight so yeah, yeah. so you you've got time to suffer a little bit of a hangover but you've also got a lot longer drinking so you don't want to be just chugging them back you want something you can mm. sit and think about because you still want i don't know two four ten whatever how many pints you drink tonight you still want the same mm. amount but 
you've got to have a think about them. And yeah. you've got a lot longer to think in the winter. So I think there may be, may, maybe that's why you end up with your darker beers, because people had a lot longer to think about them. Mm. I think that's a really good, really good theory. Yeah, I love it. It's yeah. I mean, it is a theory. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this beer. Uh, yeah, uh, now it's now I've had way more sips. I think uh, I haven't had a lot of that, steam time before, but that no, no, that is banging. The um, I presume it's the Halatel Blanc. There is a a floral soft note, and it might be because I've been told about it, and I'm looking for it actively, but. Having that supported by sweetness is really good. That's normally a flavour that is in drier beers. People yes. don't tend to put Halatel Blanc in big sweet beers. No. So I think no, no. Again, it's 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 a it's a novel experience for me, and I like it. Yeah, no, so, it, no more in my face. It's definitely a good one. Should we try mystery beer? Mystery beer. Oh, Chapter three, Jody's back bar. <laughs> I, I really do you like quite, these chapter I, titles? No, no, I, I really do because it's the first time we've done them, and I don't think we should do them regularly. But I'm <laughs> Thanks, it. jeez. No, but wow. I, I, like, I'm enjoying it now, but I just don't think it's a really good sort yeah. of like how we should be really it changing. Cha- it this changes shit. the tone, doesn't it? It really does. What have we got? I oh told my you, god! You, this is for you. This I, is. I give you the no, one. Okay, I say, so, look, Mike, you're taking the head on this one. What you got? This is. This is. This is, I don't know. It's got a back label. Yeah, Jody's got a back bar. Yeah. Right, there was some renovations at the Nags recently, and Jody found a lot of beers, a lot, a of, weird, lot of, beers of weird and, and wonderful beers. So many beers. He gets a lot of freebies. But they found one from 2008, and it is uh, by Triple F. Yeah. Uh, they did a brewery tour there, and they got given a bottle for free. So let me just check if my maths is correct. This is 12 years old. 12 years old. Good. Yep. Just checking. Uh, and it is called Gilbert White. Right. Uh, and it is smoky, apparently. Or it was. I don't know if it still is. Let's uh, let's find out. <laughs> 6%. Uh, but it, it was because we were chatting with Jody about how uh, Cal, despite putting in lots of effort, didn't find many men. Struggle to find something uh, which would be really easy to yeah, find. Yeah, and so Jody mentioned his back bar and uh, we had a little so we went rummage. Yeah. yeah, and it was only then that I remembered that Rauch beer is technically a type of medicine. <laughs> so a smoky beer, that might do it, maybe. By Triple F 12 years ago. 12 years old, Triple F beer, brown glass. So it the, the lid will have degraded a bit and it will have oxidized uh but it doesn't smell smoky but it does smell caramelly and you've told me that caramelly was one of the rules no yeah it's not supposed to be caramelly uh it's also quite uh i i pick up a quite heavy sherry note which is a sign of that sort of uh oxidation in a strong beer that you get uh, in barrel aged beers yeah yeah and uh, like sherry is literally but, yeah but but, but i mean like that's what you're looking for in barrel aged beers yeah this isn't barrel aged though this no, is bottle aged no, it's bottle aged but that's <laughs> not the end of the world no and as an experimental beer yeah well i, I mean, say experimental it's, it's the thing it's, is it smells banging it smells interesting like, it, smell, it does smell interesting it genuinely smells great like sherry if, if, with if a hint of smoke went, is good oh here's Here's a barrel aged beer. Do you want to have a go on this? I'll be like, yeah, go on then. And I'd smell it. I'll be like, yeah, go on then. <laughs> yeah. So let's yeah. have a little go. Go on then. Go. Oh, he's, he's trying it. Mm. Is it smoky? Uh, yeah. No, that is smoky. <laughs> no, be that's more good. descriptive. You're okay. on radio. There's, um, there is a, a light zingy berryness. Uh, like it's not, uh, it's not a seatick in any way. But it's Sorry, it's way uh, more. Have you been on a course recently? Oh, probably. A nice ziggy berryness. It's berry, like it's it's there's berry, uh, but then there is a big smoke. Hello, there's the smoke. I see you. You're not hiding, uh, it's, and it's very pleasant. It's it's smoky, but it's the way that smoky bacon crisps are smoky. Well, it's beach, presumably beach smoke malt, and beach smoke malt's so. really neutral, and it makes everything it. Yeah, if it makes that bacony smell, it's uh, very bacony. Yeah, no, like that. That that is. So, I mean, Rauch beer is traditionally beach smoked malt anyway, so that's what gives Schlenkerler its really, really baconiness. Oh God, Christ! Um, Do you need to pause? Yeah. Okay. Right. So, the, like, like the reason I went, oh, is because I completely forgot 
that last weekend I uh, pickled some kielbasa. Cool. So you're talking about smoked sausage, kielbasa smoked sausage. I pickled these. Okay. Um, and I mean. This beer is really interesting, and it is smoky. Yeah, uh, th- I I have no doubt that this is not how Triple F intended it. Oh Christ, no! Because I can't <laughs> imagine they expected anybody to keep a bottle of it for twelve years in a cellar. Yeah. Anyway, sausage. But sausage. Have it. Have a try of that. Uh, I haven't tried it yet, so I know it's good. <laughs> You're my experiment. <laughs> how was? How's that sausage? Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's smoky. Is Meaty. it similar? Um, no. Okay, well, that's good to know. But does it pay well? Um, it makes the beer less smoky because it's it's smoky, you know. Hmm. Yeah. No. So I could I can see if there was like a really aggressive schlenkerler, and you were like, I like it, but it's a bit too intense. Then you'd pair that with the sausage. It really and... does drop off. It really does drop off that um, that smokiness, though, doesn't mm. it? And you just end up with the with the sweet sherry end yeah. of things. Yeah, yeah. And because the the sausage is quite sweet as well. Yes, which is presumably part of the pickling. It is it? part of the pickling. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I made a I made a pickling vinegar. Mm. That's really good. Yeah, I love no. it. It's all part of the journey. This mm. th- this has brought our journey full round. We've got me pickling things, stuff with people. Yep. Chapter four. <laughs> Kilbasa. Chapter four. Kilbasa. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, like, it's a fantastic beer. Like you say, I, I can't imagine it's how Triple F quite expected. Maybe the beer to be reviewed. I mm. think we might be the only people who've ever reviewed this beer online don't know potentially i mean the internet did exist in 2008 yeah but was anybody doing beer reviews back then and also what would be really interesting is listening to a beer review then and comparing it to what we've got now because this is a very different beer Mm. 12 years on like i mean does it have a percentage on that bottle uh six not many like Six percent beers, I mean, they're strong, but they're probably not designed for aging. No, and, and definitely you not twelve years. You wouldn't want to. <laughs> ideally, best practices. You wouldn't want to age a bottle that's just got a standard cap on it. No, you'd want cap and wax or uh, or cork and cage or something like that. Some yeah. some method of making it so that that because the the seal on a bottle cap does gradually degrade and lose pressure over time especially after 12 years so the- yeah and a mouthful of sausage <laughs> yeah i mean uh yeah you it's, talk it's your podcast man you eat you eat as much kielbasa no, no. during the review it's as you podcast, want you talk all right okay uh but yeah so it, it is suffering a bit but as as we were discussing uh off uh off mic when Cal went to go and get his sausage. It <laughs> it does ha- it it is reminiscent of fortified wine. Like the the sherry yes, notes are no, big no. enough. Yeah. It's but it's malt, so it is more like a fortified barley wine. But it's not strong. So yeah, no weird. I th- like I think it works really well, and, and it was a very nice sort of like end to my day journey because like I ended up with the nags to drink, like. Imperial stout, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay, yeah. well, I know we have to record. Let's see what else we can find because yeah. I, I came back with a load of really obscure Polish beer, <laughs> like just in a yeah, bag. Yeah. These might do. I don't know. We'll so have to I've crack a, into them. I've got a lot of really obscure Polish beer to drink. Yeah, but I think this is a really good way to sort of like wrap up the evening. Um, yeah. It's about the journey sometimes, sometimes not the destination. Like, given the fact that Mike hasn't yet brewed this beer, we've <laughs> tried maybe one, which could classify as a style of this beer. If you have tried this beer before, or this style of beer, give us a shout so that at least at some point when we come back to version one, yeah, uh, we can actually give it a go. Um, 
please hit us up on uh, Twitter at by the Mashton or anywhere else that is the social media bit. Mm-hmm. We we are just at by the Mashton or hashtag by the Mashton. Um, or you can hit up our uh, partners at the Malt Miller uh, or their website at themaltmiller.co.uk. And yeah, just let us know about this style of beer because mm. we probably haven't actually given you any information about well, what the style of beer is. I mean, too much information, some would say. Too much variance. Yeah. No, maybe not too much information about what the style of beer is, but too much variance on this style of okay, beer. Okay, yeah. Too much interpretation. Mike's interpretation. Mike's interpretation. But we'll definitely be sure to update you on how the triple... Triple decoction mash. Yeah. It's a good thing you're here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. And <laughs> see you in about see two weeks. You. Bye. Bye.